0: Welcome to Secrets to Victorious Living podcast. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. I'm Lucia Claiborne. Thank you for joining me today as we discover God's secrets to help you overcome life's challenges. This will help you become victorious in every area of your life. Today's your day to start walking in and experiencing a greater level of victory. Thank you for joining me today as I continue the series, Who I Am in Christ. Am I the righteousness of God or a sinner saved by grace? As we begin, I'd like to remind you that in the first session, I shared that you become a new creature in Christ, one that's never existed before, when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You've been made the righteousness of God, which means you're in right standing with Him. In the second session, I shared that there's nothing wrong with knowing that you're entitled to receive good things from God, and that you have power to overcome the enemy's tactics. Last week, in our third session, I shared with you how to develop a righteousness consciousness. And today, I want to share with you that you are a joint heir with Jesus and the triumph that belongs to you because you are righteous. Let's begin with our foundational scriptures that confirms how much God loves us and that we're joint heirs with Jesus. I have several verses today, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. I'm going to begin with Romans 3, verses 3 and 4, which reads, True, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true, as the Scriptures say about Him. You will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. Romans eight fifteen through seventeen says, "So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves; instead, you received God's spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now." We call Him Abba Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. Let's look at Galatians 4 4-7. 4-7. But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that He could adopt us as His very own children. And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own children. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Aren't you glad that we are heir with Jesus? Philippians 2, 5-6 says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equally with God as something to cling to. And we'll skip down to verse 14 and 15, which says, Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Colossians 1, 12 through 22 is lengthy. However, it will bring great light into knowing that you are a joint heir with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I love reading the Word of God. Let's go ahead and read Colossians 1, 12 through 22. It says, Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance of that belongs to His people, who live in the light, for He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms rulers and authorities in the unseen world everything was created through him and for him he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together christ is also the head of the church which is his body he is being supreme over all who rise from the dead so he is first in everything for god in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross this includes you who were once far away from God you were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. As a result, He has brought you into His own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. First John 3, 1-2 says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. And the last foundational scripture passage is Revelation 1, 4-6, which says, This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the One who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold Spirit before His throne, and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Word is so rich. You know, we can see from these verses that we are now God's sons and daughters. And as His children, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And that we have been made the righteousness of God. Every child of God has that same standing with Father. Because righteousness cannot be obtained through works. You know, we can see this in Romans 9.30 through 32, which says, What does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. And it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel, who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law, never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting Him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. Now." Righteousness is a force, and it is going to stop you from sinning, and it will produce fruit in your life, according to Matthew 6, 31 and 33. And it says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? is enough for today. These verses say that righteous living will produce what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, and it will provide protection for your family and security from the evils of tomorrow. This is the promise that we have as God's children. He sees us as his children and he will not only provide for us but he will also see us as triumphant because we are righteous. We've read this verse earlier. However, I believe it's key to how God sees us. Let's read it one more time. Romans 5.17 says that, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. The second foundational passage that I want to look at shows us that we are triumphant in Christ. It is Second Corinthians five seventeen through twenty one, and yes, we have read it before, but we're going to read it again. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Jesus' victory over Satan allows us to walk in victory every day of our life. Our everyday walking around, doing our everyday job, chores, family, life. Because Jesus was resurrected from the dead, we can be resurrected with him. Because we're born again. We have the greatest victory that we'll ever have. We were sinners and now we're made righteous because we're born again. This is the glory of the cross. Today, I want to tell you, come back to God. He loves you. He has a plan for your life and He loves you. As we wrap up this week's podcast, I've mentioned this several times throughout this series, and now seems a good time to remind you that God loves you passionately, right where you are, right in the midst of what you're doing and what you're going through. He's not mad at you but he is mad about you. He loves you. If he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He has engraved you in the palms of his hands, according to Isaiah forty-nine sixteen, And Ephesians 2, 6 tells us that we sit with him, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. If you'd like more information to discover who you are in Christ, I invite you to get my Who I Am in Christ ebook that you'll find on my website at luciaclayborn.com. And I invite you to join me again next time as we begin a new series on the authority of the believer.